you can put that in. Um, this morning, we want to just share about, uh, we had a, a group of us go out to L.A. to Azusa now. Did anybody watch that live stream or on God TV or anything like that? Raise your hand. And uh, how many of you haven't heard of Azusa now yet? Raise your hand. I'll explain it just a little bit. So in 1906, there was uh, one of the great revivals in all of history broke out in Azusa Street, uh, Los Angeles. And it was led by a one-eyed black man named William Seymour. And he was uh, faced racial, I mean, he, he lived in Houston beforehand, and he would go to the seminary classes held in Houston, and he would have to sit outside the door to listen to the lessons, but he was so hungry. And it's like God just saw this man, and he's like, I'm, this is the guy I want to use to be a catalyst for revival. And Azusa was marked by crazy signs and wonders, creative miracles, eyeball, excuse me, eyeballs growing out in the sockets before people's eyes, limbs growing out, uh, tumors falling off of people. The fire department would show up at the building that they were having the meetings at because they saw fire on, on the building. The building looked engulfed in fire. The fire department would show up. They would go inside, and they're like, where's the fire? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? There's not a fire here. They'd go back outside, see fire on the building, go back inside. Like, where's the fire at? It's called Shekinah fire, and it's in the spirit. And so that happened multiple times where the fire department would show up and just be like, is there not a fire here? And so, uh, but some of the things that marked the Azusa revival was the racial diversity. Every person was a minister. Before William Seymour would even get up on the stage, people were getting healed left and right because everybody was just going throughout. You know, if they saw somebody on, on crutches, they, they didn't even have a chance uh, before, you know, William Seymour could get to them. William Seymour would mainly hit sections. He'd be like, this whole section right here, Arthritis leaves right now, and people would get up and start dancing and or whatnot. But uh, it was a, everybody was a minister in the signs and the wonders. Even children, there was twelve and thirteen year olds that would go around healing the sick and and seeing and they were playing with God. They would play chase and then they'd heal the sick. And so God's not offended at childlikeness, and uh, and so. God's going to do that again. And so part of what this whole Azusa Now prayer rally was about was William Seymour, the guy that led, was the main leader of this revival, prophesied that in 100 years, a greater revival than Azusa Street was going to be released in the earth. And um, it's actually, he prophesied that, I think, in 1916. The, the revival started in 1906, but I think 10 years later, when the revival kind of started to fade out, he said, this hundred years prophecy was going to come come to pass. So April 9th this past year was the hundred year anniversary. And one of the things that Lou Engel, who led the Azusa Now prayer rally, was uh, he had this dream, or he had a friend have a dream about five United Air, Airline airplanes flying over L.A. And the Holy Spirit said the only way to, to bring, to break off the division in this land is to fly United. And so there's United Airline planes, five is the number of grace. And then, and then later, Lou Engel found out that there's actually a retired United Airlines airplane on the L.A. campus. He didn't even know that when, before he rented out the L.A. Coliseum. And so um, 
if you weren't able to go and you wanted to go, if you didn't watch it, you're not going to miss anything because God's coming to Athens, whether you like it or not. And so it's like, I don't want anybody because everybody's was where they needed to be. Not everybody can go. You can't get a 10 million people in a Coliseum, you know, so not everybody, not every Christian in the U S is going to be able to go. And so I'm going to have some of our guys and, and gals that came with us share uh, just a little bit about the main thing that they took away from that and, uh, and just receive, like there's, I just believe that there's going to be impartation when, as they share and, uh, and just that it's for you and I, we want you to connect with it somehow. And again, it's just like, this is uh, we just, we just got to go. You didn't watch it on live stream. You weren't able to go. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like you're, you're, you're a part and you're not going to miss out. And so, um, anyways, uh, if my, if I know where you are, you don't have to come up front, but let me make sure I covered everything. Um, so Jesse, why don't you come on up and guys, as you share my, my, the team that came with me, we've got like a bunch of people. So just try to keep it to three to five minutes because there's something we want to do at the end as well. So. Whatever you think is short, we got to make it shorter. Trust me, I, I'm, I'm bad at that. So. I'm not very long-winded, so this should be easy. Um, by the way, um, Alex Mathis, does January 14th mean anything to you? Well, if you think about it, let me know. That's your birthday. Hey, man, God's really glad you were born, Gray. So, it was close. Maybe Alex was the indicator. I'll take it. Um, so, yeah, Azusa. Um, so, I was totally um, blessed in, my, in that time out there, and even what followed after. And really what I was blessed in um, was just being reminded in a fresh wave of how intentional our God is. Wildly intentional, wildly creative, incredibly kind. Um, so, yes, at Azusa... For me, thousands of people got healed. That was pretty rad to see. Uh, the craziest, most out of left field words of knowledge I've ever seen given in a crowd of 65,000 people was given. That was wild. Totally. And it was real. It was like you just sensed the Lord in it. It reminded me of when six years ago I had just started to get to know Holy Ghost and he started doing things that I was really uncomfortable with, but I knew they weren't fake. I knew they were real. I knew they were real. And I was like, okay, God. You got to talk to me about this because you're in it. I sense you. I see you. This is like not only out of my box. This is like out of our solar system. You just got to help me. So God is super faithful. And what's coming to our city is what God's heart is um, for all his people. He says his heart is that none would perish. You know, Jesus' whole deal is that we would know the Father like he knows the Father. That's what he's after, right? That was the joy set before him, us knowing Father God. So I was so overwhelmed with a sense of when a revival that leads to awakening, meaning a whole transformation of a community, comes for Athens, how vitally important it is that we know the goodness and kindness of God and that we walk in that, that it's a fresh manna for us. You know, in season, out of season, I'm a very emotional person. God is teaching me deep things that are not rooted in my emotions right now, that whether my emotions are there or not, it is true, and it is very, very true that he is very kind and very faithful and very, very good. He defines good, 
And so in this place, it was, a, it was awesome to be with 65,000 people worshiping, but I really saw the Lord, the necessity for unity. He took me back to things that he, he taught me um, early on when I tasted revival about around 2009, 2010. The first word of encouragement from Scripture that God ever put on us um, was 1 John 1, 7. It was, if we walk in the light and we live in the light as he is in the light and we have fellowship with one another, the Lord, the blood of the Lord Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And I watched it happen in Azusa, in this space where everyone was kind of dedicated to being united. Man, stuff was like falling off people without even prayer. People were getting, people were like, yeah, I just flicked the Lord's healing ears right now. And this bro's ear goes, you know, no one's prayed for him yet. No one's like done the ministry like, people are getting healed and set free just in unity and fellowship. And I really, that's what I remember the Lord reminded me, like, Jesse, I taught you that. I taught you that. I taught you that literally people get set free. We would have dance parties, and people would come, and we're just dancing, not because we're so spiritual. We just love to dance. And uh, people are, later, we find out, weeks later, they're like, man, we just... I felt so much lighter. I just, I haven't been struggling with porn in, in weeks. I don't know. I have the sexual cycles just like left me. I don't even, and I'm like, oh yeah, man, we should pray. Well, I guess we don't have to because it already happened, but man, that's awesome. Like, it's like that. The unity, man, and, and you're unified in how good and how kind and how sweet God is. And so just a fresh wave came over me of really like the character of Jesus. And all these charismatic people who I love so much are like, we're lifting high the name of Jesus. Everyone's welcome. Catholics, messianics, evangelicals, conservatives, we don't care. We can all get around lifting high the name of Jesus. And it was just a picture. It was a picture of what, oh yeah, this is what you do, God. You want the body to be unified because you come, you come, it's a beacon. He taught us these things. He's just like reminding me. So yeah, I do. I feel more in my bones right now, sure, of what is coming to our city than ever before. Yeah, it was a beautiful picture. Awesome. Matt, why don't you come on up, man? Hey, family. Can you guys hear me? So, um, I live in Atlanta right now, and it was pretty cool, the story of just how we all got there. Um, I feel really honored to even have had the opportunity to go. Uh, and it was cool because I, we kind of like independently came to this idea like, man, I should go to Azusa now. And then we all kind of realized that we were all going. And so it just worked out. We're like, oh, I guess we should stay together since we're all friends and stuff. Um, but uh, once we were there, um, there's so much that we could talk about. I feel like we could talk about this for 45 minutes. Um, the reconciliation was cool. The words of knowledge were awesome. For me, the thing that really impacted me the most was this message by this guy named Dutch Sheets. Um, tell me, did anybody hear that word? Anybody who was watching it or was there? Yeah. So this, this guy named Dutch Sheets got up, and he was one of the few people that really taught anything. And his message um, is, is kind of longer, so I'm not going to share all of it. But it was a prophetic word that he received over the course of like six years. And um, it kind of boiled down to one thing. Um, God, in this next move that's coming, that everybody is praying for and knowing is going to come, um, it's not just going to be a revival in the church, but it's going to be an awakening that awakens the nation. That means every sphere of society is going to be impacted to glorify God. 
And so he tied that back into the original call on America to be a nation that is a light to the other nations of the world for the gospel. And uh, through a series of prophetic dreams and words and gifts, um, he learned um, that the, the founding fathers um, were inspired in large part by the First Great Awakening. Um, basically, the First Great Awakening was in 1730s and 40s and 50s. And it, it basically, uh, the thinking behind that awakening um, really infiltrated the freedom and the sense of independence and courage uh, that was displayed during our nation's founding. Um, specifically, there was a philosopher named John Locke, which we all studied in school, who really inspired um, both the First Great Awakening and also um, the founders. And there was this phrase that they sort of championed um, during the initial stages of our country um, from John Locke. It's an appeal to heaven is the phrase. And they put it on a flag. And before the stars and stripes were a thing, uh, General George Washington flew a flag that was white, and it said, an appeal to heaven. He flew it over the Navy ships that were really small, and because we had a really small Navy. And the point of it was this. Um, when you've done everything that you can do, this is John Locke, when you've done everything you can do, you've appealed to the governing authorities, you've worked out the uh, disagreements as best you can, and there's nothing left for you to do. You get on your knees and you pray and you appeal to the God in heaven and you ask him for help. And our nation was birthed in a prayer movement. America was birthed in an appeal to heaven. I know it's really, it gives me chills just thinking about it, especially knowing what we've seen, you know, with IHOP and and what the Lord's been doing in our nation recently. Um, And he talked especially about how just how remarkable it was that America even came to be. Like, here we are going up against Great Britain, who is this huge world force. I mean, the most powerful nation maybe that's ever been at that time. And we're nobody, you know. But with the Lord, one can rout a thousand. And that's what the flag was really representing. There's much more to it. Um, There's something to do with an evergreen tree and all these prophetic words, and I encourage you to, I really do encourage you, go check that out. Because, it, yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, I've watched it probably three or four times since I got back. Because it just hit me. And if you have a heart for America, if you have a heart, not just for America, if you have a heart for business, for media, if you have a heart for the arts, if you love poetry and music, and you love um, writing screenplays, or whatever it is, God is going to use all these things. It's not just about reviving the church. It's important, but it's not just about that. It's, it's really about an entire nation, every sphere of society coming together as a group of people bringing their gifts, talents, in order to glorify the name Jesus and spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Our government is going to help facilitate the church's role in sharing the gospel. Just try to imagine what that would look like. You know, and then remember that many of our presidents, I mean, I, I've been doing a lot of research since we were at Zusa now because I'm just like on fire for this. Like so many of our presidents called national days of prayer and fasting for people to submit themselves to God. Like when was the last time that happened? 
we're going to see it. And I, I really do think um, that word that Dutch released is important for now. I feel like our lifetime, we're going to see that kind of stuff return. So, yep. Good word. Come on. Woo! Yes, Lord. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Matt Wetmiller, why don't you come on up here? Yeah. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I think first, I don't know, I just feel like we just need to give, like, Jesus a hand. Like, let's just, like, I mean, come on. I mean, I think for me, the first thing that was so beautiful was seeing that many people adoring Jesus. Like, I mean, everyone has a circumstance and has like a season that they've been walking in. But like seeing these people and us and just everyone there in one accord, like going after Jesus was so amazing. It didn't matter like if there was a comfort zone it was demolished, you know? And like, I mean, people were, I mean, there was so much freedom. That was another thing that, that was real big for me too, is just the freedom to go after the Lord with everything that you got. Um, I feel like when we were worshiping a minute ago, um, when we were singing that bless the Lord song, um, talking about all that's within me, like the Lord was reminding me that if everything within you in and going after him looks this big, it's enough, you know, like it's enough. And the whole faith, like a mustard seed, like it's enough, you know. And even if it's not even that, it doesn't matter because he's always coming after your heart. And so like, it was really cool to see all these places, I mean, all these people in one place, in one accord, just giving their hearts to God and then watching what God did through that. Um, there was one point, I think I, I, think I ta- said this to Greg, but I was like, man, there's a, like a lot of awesome people that we know there that are considered big names or whatever in the faith. And I think Greg looked at me and he goes, there's only one big name. And I was like, and I was like, but I was like, I was like, yes, like, it's so good. But it, but it was so true. It was so true. And like, it's like, yeah, you're right. And, uh, but there really is. And like one of my favorite verses in the Bible is, is in James where he says that Elijah was a man just like us. And so like, we're, we're all capable of like receiving and going after God the ways, in the ways that things happen there, healings, like prophetic ministry, everything, just loving God with everything that you got. He works with that. Um, and the other thing was unity. Uh, Unity is really big for me, um, and worship as well, but that was a no-brainer. That's what it was all day. Um, but unity was really big. I felt like the Lord was um, just reminding that unity in the body is what's going to bring revival to America. And, um, and just seeing all of these people in one place, and it felt, we felt unified. Like there was not a trying. It just, you felt unified. And things happened through that. It didn't matter like what you brought to the table, you know. And so, I don't know, unity was really big. And then the, 
the verse that was on my heart majority of the time there was Malachi 1.11. Let me turn there. Malachi 1.11 says, My name will be great among the nations from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. And like, I just, I just feel like that fulfillment is coming through unity and, um, and the body coming together. And it doesn't matter like your circumstance or, or what's going on. Like he walks right through that. And, um, and so when we come together in that, like I think Jerry, one of our friends there, I think he said something that really sparked something to me too about unity. It was like unity is not, a, is not tolerating each other. Like you can have differences and still be unified. And so like that was really good for me too because we're not, we don't all look the same, but we're all part of the body because we need it, each other, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, it's the mustard seed thing is really important because Jesus said when you start with a mustard seed and then what does it become? The largest of trees. And, and so don't ever... Don't neglect the mustard seed. Don't think you, you don't start with the largest of trees. You start with the mustard seed and with what God's given you right now. You have everything you need right now to like go for it and God to do, to pursue the dreams in your heart. You actually have it right now because you have the mustard seed. All right, uh, Jeremy, why don't you come on up, man? Hey, family, I'm Jeremy for those who don't know me. I was really honored to be able to go. Um, Like Matt said, we felt like the Lord called each one of us individually and from our own backgrounds to come. And really the Lord called me on a walk one day in Athens um, just out of friendship. And he was just like, California. And I was like, what's going on in California? He's like, I just want you to be there with me. And I was like, that's huge. Like, wow. (laughs) Thank you. So we got to got to go. And um, just a few highlights. One was being at Venice Beach. How many of y'all have heard of Venice Beach? It's like, that's where Muscle Beach is and stuff. Anyway, I'd never been, but we got to go there right when we we got, um, like before anything started, we got there kind of half a day early. So we went there. And it was just amazing because we got to go like play on these rocks and stuff and like in the ocean and there were starfishes and like weird sea anemones and just seeing like the incredible like awe and like wonder inspiringness of God um, that really like touched my heart. I'm very simple and just it just like brought me to the childlike wonder of God and then he called me away on the beach and whispered something to me. He just said, I will restore all of this. And I was like, okay, yes, Lord, restoration. Okay. And so after that though, picture this, we like have been like having this fun time with me, Amanda, Brittany, and Greg, and we're just playing on the rocks. And Matt, I think was there. And we walked across the sand and here we are at like Venice Beach strip. And there's like death music playing and like is just super, super dark. And 
the, for the Lord to have whispered that to me before I even encountered any of that was tremendous. And that was before any of this had even like gone down at Azusa, you know? And so the next day we're at this giant stadium and it's a birthday party for Jesus. Like Jesus was not, I mean, he was born as a man, but like he also like (laughs) wasn't born. You know what I mean? Like it was from eternity. So like, but it was like a huge celebration. Everybody was there. Like we stood in line with one guy from New York City. He was like, yeah, I came alone by myself from New York City. I'm like 26 and just the Lord called me here. So I was like, okay, yes. It was everybody there was like that. Um, And kind of the big thing, big takeaway from my heart was that God finishes what he starts. And so he started something way long ago, but he started things with Frank Bartleman and the people of Azusa in 1906 that he was bringing to completion even more now in 2016. And just all the promises of God are faithful and true. And so it was just phenomenal. I mean, I'm just like reeling in it because like there's so many things even in my own life that like the Lord is just sharing that like he, I get to help or I, no, I get to finish what I start in terms of faith with him that he is finishing what he starts. He's a covenant-keeping God. Um, so we just have so much to look forward to because America will be saved. He started something, and he will bring it to completion. So, Amanda, why don't you come on up, Amanda? So good. Somebody say, Whoa! Okay, so I think it was really fun. (laughs) It was really fun to be there, and Jeremy was right. I think everybody got, like, individual invitations. Like, I was driving to work, like, a month or two before the event, and it's, like, 5 a.m., and just Jesus is awake at that time, I think, besides me and (laughs) and some of (laughs) y'all. But, no, and I just, like, heard Lou Engle speaking, and I was on this, like, thing I listened to, and I was like, whoa, and I just got overwhelmed just hearing his heart and the Lord's heart. It was just this invitation. Like Jeremy said, like, we came back. I think we were like, yeah, a friend, like, was having a party, invited some people he wanted, like, he loved to be there. Like, happened to be 65,000 people. But the point is, like, Jesus just individually invited a whole lot of people and still does. Like, that individual presence and nearness of God was one of the things that really struck me. Um, There were some really personal prophetic words given to individuals um, and be like, was so-and-so and and -and so-and-so here, this couple that was married, and then just like beginning to read all the details of their life. And that moved my heart because on behalf of those people, like how personal God was being in that stadium, he was zeroing in 65,000 people and God was looking at individual hearts. And he looks at individual hearts today and For me personally, like kind of in the later morning time, there was a moment where I like, I'm not a huge crier, but the Lord is like totally tenderizing my heart. And I was like just kneeling in this like crouched up little space between the seats. And the Lord was just like reminding me like, you don't have to be afraid. Like where we go, wherever you walk in, like you belong, like you carry the kingdom of heaven. And there is just a weight on your life because there is the hand of God on you personally to walk in abundance and to give that away. So, like, there were tons of people there, but someone from stage mentions, like, think of the impact of all of these people going out. 
right? Like each individual person in the spheres that you're in, whether it's like media or education or government or wherever it is, like you are walking in something supernatural and the world does not have it. Jeremy mentions like he went to Venice, you know, seeing the contrast of Venice Beach and the shop fronts like is those people like don't have abundant life and like the weight of that. And at one point we were praying and the Lord, I definitely felt just like the spiritual like darkness just being pushed off of our nation like you get to take authority over it like Daniel he like prayed on behalf you know when we reconciled like there was a moment with the um, Native Americans that was a reconciliation we were like reconciling on behalf of like as a nation the ways that there had been wronged um, to this people group you know like that's a big deal and so you get to like take authority in the things that you you get to see the Lord move and things that you take like authority and personal responsibility over. And so just in your spheres, like ask the Lord, like where, you know, what do you want me to be responsible for an appeal to heaven? Like Matt said in those areas. Um, and yeah, and just catch his heart for individual people because I feel like he wooed his bride, like as a nation, like, yes, there were representatives, like 65,000 people representing, but like here, you, us, like in this city, he's wooing like his bride, he's wooing people to come to like something that is greater. And that is like the the gospel that is freedom. So we just thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Amen. There was the Native American reconciliation was super powerful. They had African-American reconciliation. Uh, they had the Jewish uh, root reconciliation. They had a Messianic rabbi up there. Um, Hispanic people's reconciliation. It was amazing. And uh, there was a, one guy who's from a, uh, a tribe in Florida, this Native American. Uh, I can't remember the name of the tribe, but the Lord told him to stand in this particular spot on the field. I think I posted it on my Facebook if you read it. And, uh, and so he... So the, the Spanish were the first ones to come and discover the Amer- or not discover it, but land in that part of America. And, uh, and so he told him that this man to stand right here is a Native American man. And this girl came up to him and started praying over him and uh, weeping at his feet, asking for forgiveness. And then she had a Spanish flag wrapped around her waist and she was, you know, she was from Spain and, uh, and so the Lord like sent this girl and it was just this reconciliation, even on the individual level, like what Amanda was talking about is like God sees every single 65,000 people. He sees every single 250 million Americans and is meeting them individually and wants to do that. And so, um, Gregor, why don't you come on up? Hello. Um, really thankful like Matt Jeremy said everyone's really honored to be with part of my family I was telling Britt when we got back I was like I feel more comfortable with Jesse and Knoxville and Wetmiller and Jeremy and Amanda and Travis than I do with even my own family and so but that's gonna I want that to change obviously I'm not okay with that but um yeah so just being with them is really beautiful and special um biggest takeaway I think is just the unity that I'm starting to see more and more in the body. The body here in Athens, before I even went to um, Azusa, I feel like just God's bride is starting to recognize that Jesus is the head and that we are all part of the head. And so seeing the major unity in that stadium, I'm like, I mean, just 
John 17 screams to me, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And so I think unity, like, is, that's the pride of Jesus. Um, and so I'm also preparing, you know, you've got to prepare, too, for the haters that are going to start to, I mean, there's going to be people commenting and the spec, you know, the, the critics, but again, it's like, I mean, man, that's not the focus, but to prepare my heart for that, because I'm like, I know that's going to be, be a, be a thing. Um, biggest thing for me that the Lord, I didn't see any vision, any gold cloud. I didn't see any eyeball pop into a socket, but what I did see is God just like bubbled up he just reminded me that I just worship, like, before anything. I just went, I just was able to worship in total freedom there and worship God. And uh, so I just, man, he just reminded me that, like, I just worship. That's, like, what I'm built for, and that's what's gonna, that's just who I am. And, and so I was just really blessed by that. Being able to worship in a giant stadium was really fun. And the thing that touched me the most, we were all leaving. Unfortunately, Daniel Kalinda, he was giving a salvation message. And we're leaving, and we're going up the stairs through the tunnel. You know how a stadium's set up. You go through the tunnel, and you're, like, walking around. And we're going through the tunnel, and we're all, like, ducks in a row. And right when I walk through the, like, about to walk through the tunnel, leaving the stadium, I see this guy doing this. He's, like, probably in his mid-20s, this Hispanic dude. He's going like this. And he's, at, so Daniel Kalenda is, a, like, preaching the gospel and salvation. And this guy is obviously in chains, and he's shackled, and he recognizes that he needs freedom. And he's, like, going, free me, free me, like this childlike, helpless call to the Lord. And so I'm walking through the tunnel, and it's like a train conductor just slammed on the brakes. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, Matt, and, and I turn around, Matt's behind me, and Matt knows it. So me and Knox will just like, we just walk, and I like get it next to this guy, and I feel the, I just feel his soul crying out to the Lord like my soul has. And so I'm like, I just grab this guy and like put my head on his chest, and other people do it too, and we're all just praying for this guy, but like, Man, just the, just the genuine, he's like, free me, free me. And God's like, you know, again, there's people getting healed, people out of wheelchairs. But to me, there's no greater miracle than the freedom of a man. And so I'm still like, God's like, that's who I am. Like, and that's like, he just like shows me these things to remind me. He's like, these are the things that I'm putting in you, that I've put in you. These are the deposits from heaven that will not bring back a yieldless fruit and bounty. And so I just know, like, man, um, God's still in the same place he's always been with all of us. And um, he just loves. He just loves. And so that's, man, that's just incredible. So good. Brittany, thanks coming up. So, yeah, pretty much what everyone said was so awesome, and the Holy Spirit was so there. Um, but one of the greatest takeaways I had was to see 
all those people like worshiping was so amazing. And like, we were there like loving the Lord, but like, I was just like, oh my goodness, God, this doesn't even compare to the amount of love that you're pouring out right now. And just like how you feel towards us. Um, and so he had spoken a couple things to me while we were there. And I think one of the biggest takeaways was that this revival is just so much of his like coming back. Um, and so one of the things he had like said to me was that like, the horse is being made ready. Um, So like he's coming back. I mean, he's going to be riding a white horse and that horse is being made ready. And I like truly believe that like Jesus is like not sitting on his throne anymore. He's standing because it's coming and it's going to happen. And so, but he wants like a bride that is ready and like he wants oil in their lamp. And so like just this revival is setting that up because he wants our hearts to be ready for his coming. And the things that like he's gonna start pouring out across the nation and the world, like right now, like we're not gonna be able to handle it. So he's getting us to a place where like the things he's gonna start pouring out, like our spirits, our physical bodies are gonna be able to like take that on and just carry that as like an ambassador and in like a vessel. Um, for him. And so I think that was just like the biggest thing is that he's just like, he's coming and he wants our yes. And so um, that was like another thing he had spoken was that he was like, I want my people's yes. Like I want a recommitment of their yes to me. And whatever that looks like, it's like, we have to say yes to him. And like Lou Ingle's daughter had like gotten up there and she was 20 years old and um, she was a missionary from Nepal and she had just flown back just in for the um, revival that was happening. And so she just kept saying over and over again, like, I want to invite, like, I want you guys to come to this greater invitation um, and just like above all things. And that's like our yes to Jesus. Like Jesus is the greater invitation. Like no matter what, like um, we could say yes to or whatever, it's like saying yes to Jesus, like in blind faith. Like we don't know what that yes is going to mean. It can mean our lives. Like it's going to come to a point where we don't know what persecution is going to look like, what it may look like in America. And so it's like saying yes, that no matter what happens, Jesus, like you're worth it. And I think being there in Azusa, it was like with all those people worshiping and everything, I was like, Jesus, you're worth it. You're worth everything that I have, all of my yes, like everything that was in me, it's like you are worth it all. Um, And just being with that amount of people, all of us crying out saying yes, I think that just... And then God's just like, I'm going to move heaven and earth for my people. Like, I will. I'm going to do it. And, like, they're going to see it, and it's going to be amazing. And we get to be a part of it. So I'm really excited to see, like, how that overflows into Athens and, like, what that looks like. And to be a part of it is really awesome. And be a part of the awakening and Travis and Jessica leading. We couldn't have asked for, like, better, like, leaders in that. So I'm excited. But, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just going to share a little bit what I took away. Um, I had a little t- that Azusa was a little taste of what I had seen in a vision about Sanford Stadium back in the year 2000, um, where I just saw everybody in Sanford Stadium. If you've been to the Georgia, a Georgia football game, you know, one side of the stadium yells Georgia, the other side yells Bulldogs, and it's like, Georgia, Bulldogs. Well, this in this vision, the whole stadium at the same time was yelling, Jesus! And it was like, and like the stadium like went, and everybody went, Jesus! And it was just like, I mean, you're just getting hit, but like thunder. 
And it was, and I was even saying last night, we had a worship night at our house. I was like, we're doing this dreaming with God, which we're going to do in just a second. I was like, man, I want to hear a sound come out of Sanford Stadium that people in Atlanta hear. That there's no way 93,000 people could make this noise. That they hear the name of Jesus in Atlanta. They hear the name of Jesus in Augusta. They hear the name of Jesus in Knoxville. They hear the name of Jesus in Tallahassee. And Azusa was the, was the precursor because this guy, Eddie James, get all his songs. And uh, he was singing this song called No Other Name But the Name of Jesus. And it was like, no other name but the name of Jesus. No other name but the name. And the whole stadium was just like, no other name but the name of Jesus. No other. And you had the flag wavers. I mean, the... I mean, they had the, the front section where everybody's shoulder to shoulder just doing this, and then you had the back section on the field where there's the flag wavers, and they're, you know, they're just going crazy, and everybody's in the stands, no, no, but the name, but the name. And it's just like, you're like, oh, man, man, America's getting rocked in the heavenlies right now. And he's just like, oh, oh. And he's just, man, you're like, come on, Jesus. You just saw him, like, riding on the clouds, making war on all his enemies, taking America back, shaking the hell and all his devils. And so, whoo! But uh, he's going to do that. And it's going to come, it's just that unity where everybody is just like, man, everybody in the stadium knew Holy Spirit was making war. And it was like, yeah. And we do the war dance. And it's just, you know, it's like I wanted to, every one of you, I'm going to tell you, each and every one of you, what your calling is. It's a worshiper. You wonder what your calling is? You're a worshiper. That's all you got to worry about. <laughs> God, how can I worship you today? And out of that place, everything else will be unveiled. This is a house of worship. We're from the tribe of Judah. We're of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah means praise. We're the, we're the worship warriors that goes before the army. Just like when Jehoshaphat appealed to God and said, God, we don't know what to do. Put our eyes on you. He said, send out the worshipers. And then the God brought, brought confusion on the enemy and made the enemy actually just kill themselves. I love that. I love that about God. I love that. The thing that I want to I want to release this morning, and then Jessica's going to lead us in a, um, some dreaming with God stuff, is that I felt like I walked away feeling like I got an impartation of Zechariah chapter ten, verses eight through ten, and it says that it says the the weakest one will be like David, and the mightiest one will be like the angel of God, or the, excuse me, the house of God will be like God Himself representing God and the angel of the Lord will lead them and then Zechariah 10 it says I will pour out a spirit of grace and supplication and they will look on me and mourn for me as they mourn for an only begotten son and there's coming there's coming grace which is God's favor and his ability I believe grace just means the easiest definition for me is like that's just God's ability to do something 
supplication is prayer. And even this morning I was praying and I saw the Lord grab my mouth like this and my mouth was went. And 50, Psalm 51, 15 says, open my lips that I may praise you. So God's opening lips, it's that spirit of supplication where you're like, man, I'm not, I've, I've spoken words over myself as like, I'm not an intercessor. That's not true. It's just like Jessica has said in her life, I'm not an evangelist. That's illegal. It's illegal to say that. It's illegal to say I'm, an, I'm not an intercessor. Even when I look back on my life, it's like, that's not true. I'm not an intercessor because I have the intercessor inside of me. Jessica's an evangelist. Because she can do evangelism because she has the evangelist inside of her. And so that may, I may not have a ministry of intercession. I may not be Lou Engel has an in, a ministry that's around intercession, but I'm an intercessor. And so the spirit of grace and supplication is like God's releasing grace to like worship and pray like we've never done, done before. And it's not going to be, you know, there's going to be times where we have to make choices and the goosebumps aren't there, but there's going to be grace to make that choice. But God promises his presence. His presence is always with us. And, and so I, he, he's, he's doing that. He's, he's making us greater in our eyes than we see ourselves because he's made, and what I mean by that is he's causing us to see ourselves the way he sees us. We're not grasshoppers in the sights of giants. The giants are grasshoppers in our sight. And so uh, just stand up real quick. I'm going to pray for us. Jessica, you can come on up here. Father, I ask, just put your hand over your heart. I ask that you release the spirit of grace and of supplication, Lord. We want to worship and we want to pray and we want to agree with heaven like we've never done before. Father, I ask that you just release the Azusa revival fire that you promised would come in exponential measure, Father, through your son, William Seymour, Father. So we just say, yes, release revival fire. Father, we say Athens shall be saved. Lord, 100% of Athens shall be saved. Lord, I declare every single person in this, in this building taking their place in the city. Father, I declare the body of Christ coming into unity, Father, like never before. Father, I'm asking for there to be a racial diversity in the churches Father, just like there was at Azusa, I ask that every person would be a minister performing signs, wonders, miracles, healings. Father, just like there was at Azusa, except in greater measure. Father, I ask for the gift of tongues to be re-given back to the church in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. We love you. We love you. Yes. Okay, you guys can sit down. Um, Megan, do you have anything you'd like to share about Azusa? Come on, girl. So Megan didn't go with, but she didn't stay with the, um, these other guys who shared, but um, we want to hear from her too. This will be really quick. Um, I took three main things from it. Um, the first one is something the Lord's been teaching me, that the risk is worth it. And that's just in like going there was a way of me saying yes to what he had called me to and um, learning 
there that like the Holy Spirit is inside of all of us. So like we can go out and do these things like empowered by him. And that risk is so worth it for someone else to have an encounter with the Lord because of our yes. Um, the other thing that I took was just the power that's in the cross. And that's the reason why there was so much unity there was because we were all gathered around the cross because we were all lifting up the name of Jesus. And the diversity that was present is something that like I've been really praying for and like really, really calling out for um, in the church. And so seeing that, worshiping beside someone from Korea, someone from China, someone from Brazil, and someone from California, all in their native tongue, all crying out to the same God, to Jesus in their native tongue was so powerful and just so impactful. And it released a hope in me that that's what we can see all across America, like all crying out for the same thing. William Seymour, during the Azusa meetings, if there was a pocket of white people, a pocket of black people, he'd make them split up and sit together. It's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, um, so we had nine people from here go to California um, from our community, I'll say. I'm sure more people from Athens went that we don't know um, about. But, um, and that's really amazing that we were able to receive from them firsthand what happened there. Uh, for us, you know, last Sunday I taught on um, choosing life and being like both feet in to where you are right now. Not that this is where you will always be, because I hope not. I mean, I hope we all go places, you know what I'm saying? And so <laughs> it's like, like, don't get too stuck, you know, but, but choosing to be where you are. Because if you can be fully alive right here, you can change history. The way that Esther did, the way that William Seymour did, if you be fully present where God has called you right now, and that will take you places. And so my heart is that we will take from this moment, this 15-hour moment that people had in California and be launched into a new place of hope and faith. And so I really, I want us to dream with God. We started the morning this way. Some of you weren't quite here yet, which is okay, but um, you get in on it now. We're going to dream with God about our city. So we got a little, we got a little, got our feet wet last night, worship night at our house. We're going to have more worship nights, so y'all get ready for those. Start making room in your schedule for worship nights, okay? And and we just dream with God. So, so think about that for a minute and just get your mind right. Dreaming with God. So God has no limitations. He has no limitations. Anything can happen. Just begin to get God's heart for Athens. Just begin to let that soak into you. Take what has been released from our family here, that, that their faith was built and ignited in a fresh way. And just open yourself up to that and begin to hear from heaven and dream with God about Athens. And we're going to release those dreams here. So... When you get something, 
when you have a, you know, a thought that you're like, man, it would be awesome if I want you to come up here and share it with us. We're just going to spend some time dreaming with God about our city. This isn't the time where we're going to lay out the blueprint for how that's going to happen. Because if you can do that, it's probably your dream, which is great. But we're, we're going to hear those another time. We're going to dream with God. So, Father, we just choose to dream with you right now. Give us the mind of Christ. Fill us with hope and faith to dream with you. So I'm just going to start with a few dreams that are in my heart. And unless y'all just want to hear mine, y'all start coming up and make a line, and I'll let y'all dream too. But I just, um, I dream that um, I, I believe Athens will be a place where people come to get freedom from depression. There will be so much joy in our city that people will come here to get free from depression. I dream about um, no more broken parents that break their children. I dream that entire colleges would be saved. So schools like the Grady College of Journalism. You know what I'm talking about? Park Hall. Just individual schools start getting saved like one by one. And it starts a domino effect. And it starts with the students and it reaches up into the professors and then the administration and all the way to the dean. Um, I just saw, like, specifically over Jessica, like this huge sword, like, coming out of her mouth. And it was, like, bigger than her, but it was for everyone. It wasn't just her, but it was representing that, like, we are worshipers of spirit and truth. And, like, I saw people memorizing scripture and becoming... Um, just able to become the word and we knew how to use our swords um, and we were just clothed in um, spirit and truth um, and we were just walking in the power to actually transform places that we walk even without doing ministry that we were actually just walking um, in the fullness of the power that we were created to live in um, in the fullness of our identity and I saw the church just um, coming under this new place of authenticity and worship and I feel like the city of Athens is a city of joy and a city of worship um, there's just grace over us um, to step deeper into the people of worship. And they already talked about that. But I just saw um, just that sword of the spirit just rushing out of us um, as we came into our identity of um, worshipers in spirit and in truth um, in the fullness of that. Amen. I see two things. I see um, sons and daughters of God being sons and daughters of God and not questioning that place and not holding back and not belittling themselves, but just as soon as they're saved, they just know they can. They know that God loves them. They know that they, they're been set free to release freedom. Just nothing holding that back. And I see the church waking up to poverty in Athens and the poor like having a voice and being actually reached out to and helped. Um, just across the board, racial unity, just the way that there's been walls built and blindness, that our eyes would be open and that we would actually take part in restoration. Um, I see downtown Athens being a place of revival, joy, 
on the spirit of truth instead of a place of darkness and addiction and um, all the things that come with that. I also see our schools being a place of revival and uh, the true harvest is in our young people as well and that all of the people in our schools would be saved. I see Athens becoming a city uh, that they study in sociological schools as, as, a, as an example of the antithesis of white flight. I see black brothers and sisters and mothers and sons and daughters and grandmas and grandpas arm in arm and hand in hand with whites. I see us being literally studied in places like Cal Berkeley and New York University and everywhere else of like what happens when transformation across racial lines is just like obliterated. months ago, God was showing me that the people who are not even saved yet are going to be the ones who are doing the greatest things in the city for God. So the people who are in the greatest darkness, the people who don't even know Jesus yet are going to be the ones actually leading the revival. And so any people who have been saved thus far out of darkness, it's like almost like nothing compared to what's coming because the people who are like doing witchcraft and like are worshiping Satan, when they get saved, there's not going to be it's almost like how far they are in darkness is how far they're going to be in the light. And that's like, it's just going to be more and more and more. Um, I feel like the Lord uh, is coming to a fatherless generation um, to show him self as a heavenly father to them, specifically in the school system here, and, uh, but also just within the city of a younger generation. I can see Athens and its glory and its triumph. But as we come together as a family, as we come together as one whole, that we share each other's triumphs, we share each other's joys, we share each other's sorrow and have them in half, and therefore we become a greater city. And I can see that we will need housing, and I can see that we become greater as we become closer together. Instead of sharing our, our places, Share our, uh, share our talents, share our skills, share our abilities with each other, share our understanding so we share love and understanding and therefore we become stronger. See scientists and um, professors openly proclaiming the name of Jesus. Uh, I see Athens being a place where like unheard of things start to happen like so those trees on Clayton like I see it like rosebuds just popping from those trees and like lilies and like this is a tree like why are there flowers on it uh, but basically I see this as a place where like God's creativity manifests and like just like, it's amazing yeah Y'all, I want you, if you have a hard time doing this, I want Zach to pray for us right now and you receive from him. This is what dreaming from heaven. I'm not, everybody's got great things, but when you can, when you tap into this thing, it is powerful and we need to start dreaming from heaven. So just, if this is hard for you to think outside of your brain, some of you, like it's not, y'all been up here, but some of you are like, I can't get there. Zach has something to give away. Absolutely. Jesus, Jesus, I give you my words, give you my thoughts, give you my voice, give you all of me right now, just say use me. Uh, use all of us, God. I pray that we can just tap into your 
immense imagination. There's nothing as big as the way as you can think and that you will actually do. There's nothing too big for you to do, God. So just uh, take us on a little journey. Start start us small, and that can be, that's, I, I don't care, God. Just just let us see. Let us see your garden. Let us get a glimpse of it. Let us get a, a glimpse of your heart and how much you love us, God, and that there's nothing as beautiful as that. So as we come in to deeper understanding of how much you love us, God, that our, our imagination will grow, our creativity will grow, our love, our capabilities to pour out will grow, God. And, um, <laughs> I got this earlier, but for Travis, let there be a domino effect. As one person sees it, it falls onto the next. And uh, yeah, I just see that the dominoes falling around the border of Athens and everything's falling, everything's falling. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you that it's going to come true. <laughs> yes, thanks, Zach. I just want to share a dream from a sister last night when we worshiped that no one could look at pornography in Athens, Georgia. That anytime someone tried to on the computer, it would crash. Something that really, and I want to share that with you because I want you guys to pray for that with me. And I'm just going to pray right now. I want to be the, I want to be the first to pray. This wasn't even my dream, but when she said it, I was like, this is going to happen. So, Lord, Lord of heaven, Lord of earth, Lord of this city, you would take effect and power over pornography, over the spirit of pornography and perversion of your creation, and that you would destroy it, you would slam it shut, you would close the book, and out um, light would come, and, and, and true love would come over this city. In Jesus' name, amen. So a while now, God has just put this kind of obsession on my heart with this idea of liturgy. Um, And what the word liturgy translates to is the work of the people, like the work of the people of God. So essentially it's the creation of creation. And um, and this is kind of a dream that's been on my heart for like a few months. It was really awesome. But um, I just hear God saying that he wants the creation in our, like he, or in the art of Athens, because it's such an art town, you have photography, music, um, painting, everything, like, and I just hear God saying he wants to ruin the divide between sacred and secular in art, I just hear him saying, give me your work, give me your creation. I hope I'm able to convey this picture correctly. But, um, so I just see, like, every single home in Athens being saved. But then after that, like, every door is open, every window is open. And just like they used to quarter the soldiers, like, we, every single home in Athens is quartering soldiers. But it's, like, God soldiers. Like, just floods of people coming to Athens. And every single home is just filled with, like, the Lord soldiers. I just, I had a few things. I, um, I saw a picture of just like the homeless in Athens and I just, um, dreamed that, or I guess I saw that they basically that like mental illness would break off of our city, but not just that. I really saw that it was like the homeless were like mobilizing this whole thing. Like they were like so joyful and it wasn't just that. It wasn't like they just went from like, oh, I'm not homeless. It was actually called something different. Like, I don't even know what it was, but they weren't, they didn't call them, like, no one called them homeless. They were like called something totally different. 
but they like loved being outside and doing, you know, things they do, but that they were like mobilizing parts of this like revival that's coming, that they were just so joyful. And then I also just dream just like with unity that it's not just people, but that it's also um, funds. That like some of the most underfunded things, like mental health, like, you know, social work, like so many things that like, um, those would be so funded in that, um, that like the priorities that are on God's hearts to do all the things that we're talking about. Um, a dream that I've had for a long time that I feel like is from the Lord is that I believe that Athens um, is gonna have a milk bank that's gonna feed our hundreds of foster kid babies that are two years and under. Um, so one of the Psalms from David is by day the Lord directs his love and a night his song is with me. Um, and so I just saw him like singing his songs over us at night on repeat. And then when we wake up because of his love, like everyone's just singing his songs all day. Like you can't help it. And so you're just like here singing in the streets and everything. And even when you're asleep, like your spirit singing and like the songs of heaven are being sung over you. And like, that's just your lifestyle is just songs of heaven being poured out praise because of how good he is and how um, how much he just loves so okay so just as much as we give hugs and we give high fives I just see that we're all gonna walk around asking for healing so as soon as someone like maybe falls down or gets a bruise or a, a cut or something like we just are a broken bone like we're just we're ready to pray and also just conversations um, becoming like encouraging and there is no conversation that is not about God and like just everything like pointing to him in our conversations. I saw rivers over streets. So there are waterways above like where people drive and just that I feel like the Lord is wanting, um, and I see people worshiping in their cars, um, that that's a place of intimacy, that people can walk out of their cars and just be full uh, because they've had intimate encounters with Jesus. Yes. I dream that God and everybody will come together in love and compassion, and it'll stay like that forever. I saw a picture of we were harvesting, um, and I thought that we were harvesting potatoes, which makes sense because it's like a, it's very nourishing, but they were glow sticks, which was really fun, and I think God just reminding us that the things that we need can also be really fun. I saw block parties for Jesus just all over town. So the way you can drive down Millage and be like, oh, there was a party there last night. It'll be like that. But the way that that affects people outside of the party and into the party, it'd be flipped on its head and so much better. And people will be like, oh, there's that party. Oh, there's one over there. But it's all because of Jesus. And so it'll be so good. Oh. And how some parties have like big bouncers, you know? So that's like angels of the Lord. They're like, oh, welcome. Instead of being like, oh, you're not on the list. It's more like, oh, you made it. So unity in that. So everyone's invited. So I'm currently um, a master's student for counseling. And 
um, my dream was that, like, my entire caseload is trauma for children. And I just dreamed that I would have a really hard time graduating because there wouldn't be any kids in there to counsel. <laughs> when everybody was talking, I just saw this vision of, like, this force field around Athens. But it wasn't like a force field that, like, kept people out. It was people can drive through it. But that when people would come into the city, that they would encounter the Lord. So, this is kind of a dream for the city, but I have a prophetic word for somebody who shared. I don't know your name, but yeah, yeah, you guy. Go and stand up. Um, I just, when you were talking, I just heard so clearly, man of courage. And then as I was just like, well, Lord, what's that mean? I just saw all these like boys around you. I just feel like you are a father in the spirit. Like the Lord has really made you a father. And I, and then I heard Jeremiah 3. Thanks. That was handy. Uh, I heard Jeremiah 3. And I don't know if you've ever read Jeremiah, but it's not like a great news uh, book of the Bible. But there's this one verse in here that was like, it's for you. It says, and I will give you shepherds. He's speaking to Israel now. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And I, just really feel, I really feel like that is, really feel like that is for you. That you are a shepherd after the Lord's heart. You are a man of courage. And that there are going to be boys around you that you are going to be raising up in the men. Yes, God, do it. So, okay. I saw, um, like, all the chains that had been broken um, just hanging in the sky, and we were, like, displaying all of our testimonies because we knew that we were being healed, we were being saved, we were being delivered for the purpose of other people, and we just lived this life of servanthood um, that we couldn't wait to show off what God had done because people were looking, um, and we were, like, dancing underneath the chains, but we were like fighting so hard for our our victories because we knew that they were for everything that we've been given and everything we've been brought into is just to be given away and we were walking in deeper increase because we were giving away and throwing up um, and kind of like in Satan's face like we're just going to display these you want us to hide these things and be ashamed of them but we're going to display them for everyone in the whole country to see like what you're breaking off of us. trying to hold it together because I haven't been able to dream lately, but the Lord gave me a really awesome dream. <laughs> um, I just have freedom from substance, substance abuse um, and that the social services facilities here um, would just be flooded with people praying and that people would be kind of stuck in the system of having to you know, go to the Athens Day Reporting Center or whatever it is for their case plan, um, that they would have to continue to finish those out, but that they would just be coming to pray because they're already clean and they're already free. And that they would just be coming and praying for the city and the light would just be going out from those... (laughs) Light would just be going out from those facilities. (laughs) Yes, so y'all just let... Let's just take a minute and everybody close your eyes and I want you to just bask in some of those things. So just bask in the thought of of people sitting around and being like, this crazy thing happened. I was sitting and I watched these roses start popping out of a tree. 
And I was driving down Millage, and the presence of the Holy Spirit was like a fog. And I couldn't help but pull over and worship God because I couldn't really see where I was going anymore. And where I was going became meaningless. <laughs> and that when you are driving places, you're in that river of the presence, encountering God. And that our homes are open to people being called here. The body. Just have, have that picture of unity among the body where churches are coming together with every tribe and tongue. The army is being raised up. For those that you've been fighting for in the spirit to, to be rid of substance abuse, that they're just all of a sudden free. For your friends that you've been helping with accountability and things like that regarding purity, they're like, I don't know what happened, but my device just won't pick up the signal that it used to, and I can't get my sights to come up. What happened? Pornography crashed my computer. Now what do I do? Let's worship Jesus. Like, just bask in these things that seem so far-fetched. That purity and joy reign over our city like a flood. And, not, and these, the things of evil can't get in. And the chains are no longer around us, but they're hanging from heaven as a sign and a wonder. That healing and families just break forth. That love and compassion stay. They remain. It's always that way. This is the song of heaven. This is the cry of heaven. These are the thoughts of your God. So we agree with heaven. So just tell God that you agree with heaven, that you say yes to these things, and we take our place in this city. Come, do it, God. Come and do it. So we're going to worship together. If you would like ministry, you can come up, and, and the ministry team can come up, and you guys can um, pray for people that want ministry. But we're just going to celebrate together and worship together and um, just believing for God to have his way and move in this city.